0: All right, Willie, I have a kind of a weird question to begin this week, so I hope you follow along, and I hope everybody stays with us here, but we're not into too many conspiracy theories. Would you say that? Like, what? what's your conspiracy theory or, like, the one that you're into?
1: It, it's less a conspiracy theory and more something that is just a true belief of mine. True
0: belief. That's weird. But don't think about it too much. Just, just say it out loud. Like, this isn't the question I want to ask you. Aliens Alien... didn't build the pyramid.
1: No. The pyramids were, were cast in place, you idiots.
0: Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Follow along. Here we go. If you could, what kind of secret society would you start?
1: Magic. The Gathering? No. Ooh. Woof. I want the rooms to smell fine.
0: Hold on. Uh, Hold on. Hold on. It has to be like a real thing. Oh, okay, <laughs> you can't just you can't just fucking start Harry Potter.
1: <laughs> Why not? You didn't say you didn't specify the fucking rules,
0: Scott. I know, <laughs> I know. I should have set some parameters. <laughs> let me but. start Hogwarts in Minnesota. Oh, you you have the opportunity. You're suddenly like just gazillionaire, and you're gonna start a secret society that you only let your friends into. What is it? Is it Skull and Bones? Is it like Secret Magician Society where, you know, you just do illusions? What do oh, you think? Oh, this is,
1: do, I mean, do you have ideas? I'm mulling this over right now. I'm thinking about it. I mean,
0: kind of. I think I would want to start a underground IKEA furniture building tournament. And it's it's like a versus thing, except it's also a fight club. So, after the furniture is built, you get to uh I I don't know, use it to attack the other person. <laughs> you're just throwing <laughs> chairs at people. Lackluster <laughs> yeah. furniture that's likely to fall apart, you're just chucking it across the room at someone. I mean, we know it's going to break, so why not break it over somebody, right? But that's just me. This question on is the other for you. Hand, Have you heard of a speakeasy? Oh, sure. Sure, sure. how do those how do those work uh it's it's a little red and yellow device with a, a small black screen and you type in what you want to say and it speaks to you right what the fuck are you talking about oh oh sorry that's a speaking spell oh you're you're talking about the prohibition style rooms that are hidden magically some would say in the back everybody, alleys buddy
1: at some point man woman has always wanted a secret room now, I want to take that one step further. There's a speakeasy here in the Twin Cities where they can open up a little sliding slot next to your table and deliver your food out through the side. So like you're just sitting there, you're having a good time, you order something it just pops out the sidewall. I want a secret society where we have a chain of restaurants, but I want my secret society to go in and all those cubbies open up, distract people, and they steal their food and eat it. <laughs> Never pay for it. And these companies wouldn't
0: know. Oh, oh, Walking okay, Chick Fil A, okay. they, they'd have no fucking clue. I would walk up, I'd steal a nugget. So the secret society is like a restaurant built into another restaurant as a front. Yes. The whole purpose is to go and try and steal other people's food without them noticing. Yes, that sounds amazing. Where where, would you, you, where are we starting this? What would you call it? Peekin's.
1: The, the I, side I actually, job of, of Perkins.
0: It's, it's the same exact sign, just <laughs> minus the R. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Front Podcast of the Internet. I'm Scott Carolla. And I'm Willie Manson. And you and, know what? And I do know what. Do you? Yes. What do you know?
1: He's on second. Going home. Mothers in the back seat, chickens in the roost. You know what we've just proven? We would never be good rappers. I concur. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it dawned on me that in uh, the movie the the Eighth Mile, is that what it is? Eight Mile with Eight M and M. M. Yes, with M and M. We we see a young Falcon. Did you read Anthony re- Mackie? Anthony Mackie is in that film.
0: I did not know that. I've seen that movie. I remember Kim Basinger. 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 She was in that film too? Oh, she was the mom. Yeah, she yeah, was yeah. the mom. I remember Eminem. I remember Mackay Pfeiffer because he's also in the song. M- M- who? Mackay Pfeiffer. No relation to Michelle. Oh, no relation? Mm-mm. Nope. Not that oh, okay. I know of. Oh, that's 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 cool to know. So we'll see upcoming in his next show. Winter Soldier, the TV series, starring Captain America.
1: If Eminem showed up, that would be a really nice moment.
0: Aw, that would be a cool throwback.
1: I think, I think Eminem is old enough now to where he could start showing up in Disney things. <laughs> <laughs> you always reach that plateau as a as, uh, more edgy social figure. And at yeah. some point you're like, yeah, I'll go I on mean, Disney.
0: Ice Cube started out as a super gangster rapper, and then he was in those uh, Are We There Yet movies. But uh, speaking of things that are old, Willie, this year was the 25th anniversary of Pokemon. It was. And this week in r slash gaming, there's a nice little cartoon drawing here, or several cartoon drawings kind of all amalgamated into one, of a brother and sister playing the Pokemon Games, and it's titled 25 Years of Brother and Sister Playing Pokemon. It starts off with a little boy holding his baby sister and what looks like a Game Boy Advance and progresses to them uh, a little older playing uh, Pokemon Arena on the Nintendo 64, followed by with some- With the TV on the floor, mind you. That's oh, one yeah. of my favorite moments of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The next one is a GameCube, which is a system that I never owned, much Same. less played upon. But TV's still on the floor, and they're, he's playing on there, and she's playing on her own little Nintendo game DS. Nintendo, yeah, 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 yeah. It's got the flippy screen, right? Is that a DS? It, I think so. I think that's what yeah. it's supposed to be. Or like the Game Boy Advance Mini or something like that. Yeah. Who knows? They're nostalgic. Nintendo devices supposedly last forever, right? Of course. And uh, then the final one is them back to back. He's playing on Switch, and she's playing on a DS Lite. It looks like double. Screen. I'm so
1: impressed with your knowledge of Nintendo consoles.
0: Oh man, I wanted Nintendo consoles from the moment I first saw that very in the inaugural Game Boy, that monstrosity of gray and black and greenish digital screen. And then remember you had to
1: buy a separate adapter that had a projectile light mm-hmm. that would
0: plug in because and backlit then... just just did not exist. So, did you play Pokemon at all growing up like or I... have any friends, family that were into it? Because it's a huge thing. Let me tell you an interesting story.
1: I've said this multiple times on the podcast, but I grew up there was about 18 kids all within about a 6-year range some a little bit older than that. So there are some extraneous ones, but there were so many children all around the same age. So there was tons of influence growing up on what was popular and what wasn't. Where, now- Where was this? In your neighborhood? In my neighborhood. That's that, that's what I grew up amongst. 18 oh, okay. kids all around the same age. So Pokemon originally
0: came out when? In the early 90s? Whatever 25 years ago from today is. So hold on, I'm gonna math, 95. 96. Dang it. Who idiot. Okay, so it comes, it comes out in 96. Now,
1: I, my two closest friends were... Squirtle and Bulbasaur. Yes. No, they were, they were younger than me. Both named Matt, and my name is Mattson. It was very confusing. So both of them were younger than me. They were in a grade below me. It was at the time that came out around the time that I was getting into eighth grade. And it, when it was hit, when Pokemon was really hitting its peak, I was going into ninth grade, and they were in eighth grade. So I about thought, three, four years later, I would have thought Pokemon would have been huge in ninth grade. Still, no. As a ninth grader, I felt the need to be cool. So while my two closest friends were absolutely obsessed with Pokemon, would talk about it all the time, would go get the cards, which are still collectors' items would would play the different games on their Game Boys that came out. We could just be at a park, and one of them could whip out their Game Boy out of their pocket because we all had cargo shorts at that age and start
0: playing. Not me. I thought I was too cool. Okay, so in, instead of Pokemon, what were you into?
1: Crying girls? myself to sleep at night. <laughs> what was I into at the time? I think I was, uh, around that time, I was probably getting into one of the first Call of Duty games or I was playing... Uh, Nintendo, like Mario on sixty four, or Goldeneye, Honestly, oh yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. I had I... a, I had a lot of younger siblings and like cousins. So, i I just wanted to. Those are
1: called siblings in the state of Minnesota. Just oh, when had... you get a little further south. I had...
0: <laughs> so anyway, both cousins and siblings, separate, different branches of the tree here in the north. Uh, they they were so into all these things like. Power Rangers and Thomas the Tank Engine, Pokemon, things that were yeah, totally geared towards younger kids, but I took a at least a kind of like a side interest in them just so I could, you know, when visiting with them, ask them how things were going and what they were into and kind of like impress them as the older the older cousin or brother with my knowledge, you know, like I'm a I'm a Pokemon guru, you know. I know all 100 Pokemon. but uh, (laughs) I, I don't think I played any of the games themselves until I got a DS in college. You were still playing games in college, huh? Video games? Yeah. You stopped playing video games in college? You know, what you
1: guys can't see right now is me surrounded by four screens and an opportunity for a fifth screen right here. The four years that I went to college... I didn't play a single video game.
0: Bro, I was at a Shopco in Marshall, Minnesota, the night before the PlayStation two dropped. I I got number seven of twelve in that store. That's impressive. Yeah. I called my parents and I was like, Hey, is it okay if I spend the how much how much was a PlayStation at the time? Three hundred, five hundred dollars?
1: Two ninety nine, three no, five hundred dollars was roughly the price back then. Sure. Or an
0: original play- PlayStation? Orig- uh, PlayStation 2. 299 Okay. So I remember calling up my parents and be like, would it be okay if I took $300 of my own money from my savings account and bought a PlayStation 2? And they're like, well, if that's how you want to spend your money. And I was like, thanks, click. <laughs> 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 and then so my buddy, Nate, uh, he had a car. I did not. He drove and we waited in the parking lot all night and just slept Together? overnight in his car. Yeah, Technically, yeah. yeah, I was progressive, but it was college, right? That's 21
1: years ago. You explored early.
0: That's right. Head of the curve. And uh, yeah, got got the, the seventh PlayStation in that, uh, you know, small town in Minnesota. That's uh,
1: It's crazy to me that the PlayStation came out tw- or PS2 came out 21 years ago. It came out in 2000.
0: Yeah, that's that's when I went to college.
1: <laughs> yep. Everybody everybody else is doing the math a lot better than us and is like, "Oh, Jesus. There's a few articles out there, Screen Rant wrote an article this week that said Pokémon Legends, that's the big one everybody's super excited about, could be the start of a new game series. Pokémon Legends is describe is being described as people who love that series. As an MMORPG. Okay. LMO L M N O P. Q. L M F A O. Do you can you describe what an MMORPG is for people that just said click, I'm out? It's uh it's an acronym. Do you do you know do you know what it means more
0: specifically? <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to describe it for you, Scott. Yes, so the Webster's dictionary definition of an acronym, Willie. MMO is mul- massive multiplayer online. RPG is role-playing game. And for anybody who's ever played Pokemon, you know like the purpose was to start out with a little pocket monster who would help you fight and capture other little pocket monsters in the world. And your, I guess your goal was originally to catch them all. Which seems kind of obsessive hoarding, if you ask me. But it was a collection. Animal game. cruelty. Really. Yeah, totally. To create Pokemon into something that would border on the uh, I don't know what's a huge M- like wow World of Warcraft. Wow. Mm-hmm. For them to try and go for that territory is number one. It's impressive. It is to go from something that people played in a little cargo short. Video game handheld system to trying to stand up to one of the biggest franchises in video game history is is no small feat. Right, even Bungie.
1: Look, look at look at what Bungie has done in the last couple of years. They've redefined themselves after the split up with Activision as an MMO RPG as well.
0: Much to my chagrin, but yeah, and
1: they haven't quite gotten there the same in the same way. If anybody's able to. I think, I think Pokemon and team is likely able to create something pretty damn big with this. When I saw this and I saw people's excitement, it made me feel like now is probably the time that I should get into it. 25 years late, but maybe I should get into the game.
0: I'd say just try it. And, you know, you might hate it. You might think it's the most childish thing you've ever played, but... You're childish. It's got... It's got I am. Uh, <laughs> but 25 years of staying power... You got to think it's worth something, right?
1: Absolutely. Speaking of staying power, this week in r slash gifs, there was this really interesting post. I I don't know how often you make it onto gifs slash gifs. I just bought some gif at Target. I've been buying chunky, chunky gif. I just did too. It's got less salt in it. Oh, I've been doing it because I feel like I need to grow my ass up and start getting chunky peanut butter.
0: Well, if you eat enough of it, you certainly will grow your ass.
1: Yes! Going for a dump truck. There was this really interesting gift that uh, was posted this week called The Face of Michelangelo's David, animated by AI.
0: Did you get a chance to see this at all? I have not. Well, maybe. I've seen so a I've lot. So I've seen a
1: couple of versions of this pop up this week, and I don't know enough of the specifics, but I'm interested in what it, the
0: possibilities are. Oh, I saw something else that was almost completely like this. And I was wondering about if I should talk about it in the show today. I'm glad you posted this. It is the face of the statue almost come to life. It's turning to the left and kind of its eyes are moving and looking around. Is the hair moving? I have to watch that again. It it moves a little bit. It's almost like the hair is kind of stuck in place. Oh, he's blinking too. That's creepy. So...
1: This team looks like they're using machine learning and AI to look for facial features of Michelangelo's David and get it to start moving as if it were real. And to me, the implications, the future potential of something like this is astounding. You might have seen
0: something earlier this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw I saw a post where somebody had uh, sent their old... No, no, no. I think it's an app. I think it's an app you can download. Basically you take old timey photos and it will do the same exact thing to your old dead relatives. <coughs> so it was all black and white photos of people like from the Civil War and suddenly they're like turning their heads and moving around and kind of smiling creepily with you know it's it's not perfect yet for anybody who sees these types of videos uh, or gifs and so you can kind of see on the edges where the hair and the face are like they'll turn but the, no- the, the technology doesn't have depth built in fully yet. Yeah, so like yeah. when they turn, the nose kind of stays flat and looks kind of that uh, uncanny valley look, you know, where you mm-hmm. just know it's not real. I think there's so much potential in something like this. It's like that Spider-Man saying, with great power comes great responsibility. So this is a powerful tool, one would argue, especially when it comes to AI and machine learning you have the ability to take somebody's face and manipulate it in a way that it's never moved before. Mm -hmm. Potentially moving the mouth, copying the voice. You could, uh, you could use this for evil. You definitely could. You probably would. Of course. I want to rap. Better.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Scott, it's just a photo of Scott CG'd rapping over Eminem from eight mile. I look at this and think of the possibilities of somebody who maybe just recently lost a loved one, loved one, and they don't have that video. And somebody goes out of their way and creates something. Nah, that might be kind of creepy. Maybe. Oh, well,
0: I mean, I I could see like, say, you only had a voice memo, mm-hmm. or uh, you know, somebody left you a just left you a voicemail, and you found a recent picture, and instead of just like hearing their voice, you could have a somewhat recent photo of them kind of like maybe not looking directly at you because that might be creepy but like maybe they're kind of staring off to the side introspectively saying that message that could be that could be comforting it's really interesting
1: because you bring up a really thoughtful part about how it can be used for for evil because my initial thought when i saw that original one of somebody who reanimated a a face of a grandparent or a great grandparent who had passed away. So maybe this is their first and only time being able to see that person and it brings them joy. Like that to me is on Mm -hmm. the spectrum of positive reasons to use this. The negative reasons are take a politician, make them say something illicit that they're not supposed to say or just all the creepy things that people could do with it.
0: Oh, yeah. That part scares me. And you know, like kids would probably also take... Uh, their two hundred year old grandparent, great grandparent, great great grandparent, and make them rap like Eminem from Eight Mile. So and, and play Fortnite. Maybe they would rap a song about Fortnite. We got a number one victory royale. Yeah, Fortnite, we bout to get down. There, there is a broad spectrum on which this could be used. It's just what are what are the ethical and moral implications going to be when it becomes something that's indistinguishable? From real life. That
1: this service is going in a in the right direction when it is
0: licensed to be exclusively used by OnlyFans. That's probably gonna be the crossing the line area. Yep. When I can put your head on Pamela Anderson though, I am gonna be rich. Ah.
1: Oh, man, my childhood. Pokemon and Pamela Anderson. It was nice.
0: Yeah, but for you it was it was the former rather than the latter.
1: Correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now the other thing That was maybe a really troublesome growing up. Everybody looked at Pamela Anderson and said, like, damn, she fine. Agreed. But then then you might look at somebody like Jonah Hill and he might get a different treatment.
0: Yeah, there's there's definitely some body of shaming involved in that comparison. For the vast majority
1: of my life, I felt similar to the way Jonah Hill probably felt growing up Maybe less so because he was in the limelight. The reason I'm talking about him is is this week there's a post in Murdered by Words. And, and I'm just going to read this out loud. It's a screenshot of a news article from the Daily Mail. Jonah Hill slips into his black wetsuit for surf day in Malibu before showing off his tattoos while going shirtless to towel himself off.
0: That's That's something you would do, right? You can't towel off your wet clothes, so you take off wet clothes to towel off. Makes sense to me. His response
1: to that post is where this becomes in the camp of murdered by words. He says, I don't think I ever took my shirt off in a pool until I was in my mid thirties, even in front of family and friends. Probably would have happened sooner if my childhood insecurities weren't exacerbated by years of public mockery about my body by press and interviewers. So the idea that the media tries to play me by stalking me while surfing and printing photos like this, it can't phase me anymore. Feels super dope. I'm 37 and finally love and accept myself. This isn't a good for me post and it definitely isn't a feel bad for me post. It's for the kids who don't take their shirts off at the pool. Have fun. You're wonderful, awesome and perfect. All my love.
0: I would uh, I would i would send that letter back in time to younger me if i could husky husky me
1: i would send it back to current me
0: <laughs> you can do that right now
1: <laughs> just to make this a little real scott remember that that story i was telling you about about ripping my pants earlier
0: yeah i don't know if it made it into the intro of this show but i definitely remember that story
1: uh, it's gonna make it onto our social somewhere so uh <laughs> tie it back to that there was a moment when I felt my worst. It was probably when I was 24, 25 years old. Is I was at my worst. And I remember going to a pool with that girl. And I remember feeling so ashamed of who I was. It took me over an hour to feel comfortable to go swimming when it was just like her and her family chilling in a pool. There was just like four of us. I couldn't do it. It was heartbreaking. It was that moment where... I felt so ashamed of who I was, and I never wanted to feel that way again.
0: This stems from you looking pa- at Pamela Anderson so much, really. Because you were just thinking, why can't I have a body like hers? Just dreaming yourself into that bikini, you know, was was bound to set you up for failure, Willie. So this is this is just on you. Seriously, I I was with you, like, in spirit, as your fellow fat kid who never wanted to go swimming. I don't think... Yeah, I think the last time I really enjoyed swimming was probably elementary school because I just didn't know any better. I hadn't found out what body shame or you know, just dis- body dysmorphia. Yeah, is is that what this would be? Or I is that, be it? that yeah? Okay, and I just remember the first time I noticed that my stomach was a little jiggly, and all the other kids around me, their stomachs were not jiggly. That's when, like, the T-shirt never wanted to come off. Whenever I went near a body of water, I would always put on the bathing, you know, bathing suit, and like go stand in the water. But many years were lost of what could have been liquid enjoyment. Mm-hmm. Now I'm the same way. <laughs> I've I've lost so much weight, as we've talked about uh, on here before. I think I would I would go swimming with somebody like you who I know is definitely not going to judge me, but right. where there was complete strangers around, I, I would still be hesitant. Yeah. I, it, uh, unfortunately, we live in a society, Scott. <sighs> That's right, Jared Leto. No,
1: but it, it's unfortunate because I, I think so much is being taught of us at a young age that we need to look a certain way or be perceived a, a certain way. Being too old to be on TikTok, I think that statement is slowly changing to be just fine. On TikTok, that is, it. I can see the same things being echoed in a new generation. All of these people on that app, the people that are becoming the most famous or the most sought after, are the most in shape, the mm-hmm. most comfortable in their own skin.
0: Oh yeah, TikTok got busted for that. They were mm-hmm. only promoting people who they considered hot. I. Yeah. I on the other hand, want to tell every single person that has a problem with their body shape or style, like every young kid who feels that shame, the exact same thing that Jonah Hill did. Like, you're fine, don't care, enjoy life. Like seriously, nobody else matters when it comes to this and like figuring out who you are and what's great and what's not great for you. Like, don't let anybody else influence you that way. And yet here we are, smack dab in the middle of an influencer society And I just, I feel terrible because we had pressures, but these kids, it's, it's multiplied like nothing I've ever, nothing I've ever imagined. And it's going to take years. It's going to take
1: years for, for us to catch up likely to Jonah Hill. It's going to take these kids, my nieces, it's going to take them even longer to get through it, which begs the question, how do you... How do you start that process? How do you make it easier for them? One of the things that I've done is I try to speak way more openly with my, uh, with my nieces about these types of topics. When it comes to dating, I don't say boys and girls. I say people when it comes to how you're like, how you eat and how you're feeling. I don't try to put any shame on that because growing up, I, I knew relatives who would shame their children for eating so much.
0: Yeah. I, I know that, uh, it's it's probably just best to get it out all in the open. Just talk about it. Have those conversations early. Prepare kids for what they're going to run into. Say like, listen, everyone that isn't your family. If you, I mean, if you're in a good situation, that is. But everyone technically has the potential to be a butcher. In terms of, they will cut you down. Anything that 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 doesn't look like them doesn't agree with what they think goes against their belief system there is nowhere you can be safe from some sort of criticism and you know that's 100% on the person that is doing the criticizing but kids don't know that they have they, have, they are inadequately prepared to deal with the social pressures that are awaiting them and it it just breaks my heart thinking about my nieces and nephews having to encounter those types of situations cuz Everybody goes through it. It's a crucible. It's kind of what makes us or breaks us. But I like what you I like what you you're saying. Just just have those conversations early and often. If you're a
1: parent and you have opinions about this, email us because I I would love to do follow up for the previous week and say this is where we got it wrong or this is what this parent said is a way in which they're helping coach their children, helping be a mentor and help them get through this because I know that there's plenty of people that are either new to parenting or have been seasoned veterans at it. They're on their third or fourth. And you just know, you know what they're feeling. And I'm really curious to know from people that are not us idiots, what it actually feels like. Mind you, I I do want to do one bit of follow up from last week. I said that we had only landed on Mars three times. We landed five times. I had to look that up in the editing.
0: Willie, I'm glad you brought up kind of like a serious subject for your last story, because I also have a serious subject that i would like to talk about this week that showed up on reddit and has been popping up all over the united states Uh, now we just are finishing up the celebration of black history month Mm -hmm. which is has been a a great reminder that it's it's not just a month it's not just a day you know it's not just mlk day it's it's a whole year-long lifelong thing and it's, it's a struggle for, for a lot of people out there. And another group that is also struggling uh, as, of, as of late with uh, blatant racism is the Asian community. This week in r slash pics, the post is woman holding sign in San Francisco, California. And it is an Asian woman standing holding a, a basic black and white sign that says Asian is not a virus, racism is have you been following any of the stories about attacks literal attacks on the asian community in places all around the united states a little i i think you might know a little bit more
1: about it than i do my news sources are are pretty limited and they have spoken about some of the unrest that's happening around the u.s
0: it's pretty shitty one of the stories in relation to this that kind of got me more interested in the topic was Jeremy Lin, who was a former NBA player, current minor league G League player, uh, was called coronavirus on the court the other day by somebody from the opposite team. I'm going to assume he kind of took the high road and you know said it wouldn't really like help any race relations whatsoever by calling out this person. But as somebody who kind of pays attention to sports, I had been seeing this story repeated through several outlets. I had been seeing a couple other small, like, elderly Asian person attacked in San Francisco, uh, in New York, just seemingly unprompted. And I had no idea what was going on, but it's just crazy to me that in this day and age where we can do so many great things. We can make the statue of David come to life. We can land a car on Mars five times, and we can begin to overcome the, I guess, the country's past misdeeds, or at least acknowledge them and try to work on it. That we still have people who would go out of their way, waste the precious oxygen, you know, that you only get so much of in, in your short time here on this planet. And just use that to bring somebody else down because of where they were born?
1: In the comments, the very top comment is a quote from Albert Einstein. It said, what a sad era when it is easier to smash an atom than a prejudice.
0: Yeah, that guy knew knew what was up. <laughs> Genius on many levels, right? Mm-hmm. But I, regardless, I, there's some comments that go further down to,
1: to quote where, Einstein may have been prejudiced towards Chinese people. That's not the point of that that quote, though. The point to me that that screams is that this has been happening for so long. And I have never once understood the justification of why you would treat someone differently because of the country in which they came from. It's mind-blowing to me that that is even yeah.
0: a problem. Let me ask you this. Did you have any say whatsoever in who your parents were gonna be. No. And did you pick that spot that they decided to fornicate and nine months later pop you out into this world kicking and screaming? Foot of the bed? No. <laughs> so how can you how can you just look at somebody who's obviously different than you and say, Oh, that person is is so different than me. The first thing that I'm going to do is, is make fun of them and ridicule them. And what are you going to do? Force them to get their genetics changed at the DNA level so that they look and act like you? Mm-hmm. What's, the, what's the point? Anybody who's just doing this is, is obviously taught how to do this from somebody else, right? It is, it is definitely a nurture versus a nature situation. But the people that continue after they know better, shame. Shame on them.
1: You said it right. Racism is is taught. It's a learned trait of someone when they're younger. I have a ton of thoughts about this, and a lot of it stems back to to generations before us and how they were less willing to embrace change and something different than them. Because we're taught this likely by our older family members. So for me, it is what I am proud of is that growing up I was taught to be my own person, not judge people for their faults, not judge people for being different than me, but to be understanding of someone else's differences and how they can bring value to who I am. My parents were pretty open about talking about ways in which they embraced different types of people.
0: Yeah, same. As I got older,
1: though, I started to realize the areas their downfalls, the ways
0: in which they didn't embrace other cultures and people same sadly right right and and it's it's not necessarily like a a bad thing because they raise you in a way where you didn't take those i i I would say like just those those crevices that were left uncovered you didn't fill them with hate you 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 were curious Use that to kind of better yourself or gain knowledge rather than just become ignorant
1: Oftentimes, the easiest route that someone takes when they're faced with a question that they don't have an understanding for, is that a fear. It's easy to be fearful of the unknown. While I grew up being taught to not be fearful of the unknown, but to be curious of it, to embrace it and to try and learn. I might have I been a shitty student at, at times, cheating on tests of areas that I, I didn't care about. But when it came down to it, I was taught to be curious and understanding of the people that I'm around. As we talk about racism, this conversation is never going to be easy because you and I will likely not be put into a position to change the mind of someone who's experiencing intense bigotry. At least this platform as a podcast likely is only going to get hate back at us. These types of platforms where we speak at someone, other people, the void is just going to yell back to us.
0: But like before, we have invited people to try and spark that conversation. We don't necessarily have to be a void. Mm -hmm. And we don't necessarily want to avoid that type of education on both sides. So if you have a compelling reason that racism is going to be in your family (laughs) For generations, until the day you die, if you're going to keep flying that Confederate flag, tell us. Fill us in. We want to hear from your side.
1: I want to find a way to block you.
0: Faster. (laughs) The quickest way to block somebody is to know that they are there. (laughs) But in all seriousness, we're going to keep having these conversations. Because even though we won't be the ones to change minds or change hearts... The conversations are still going to happen all around us, especially on a giant platform like Reddit. I think there
1: was a wiser man than us once said, we are not doing it because it is easy, but we are going to do it because it is hard. Wayne Gretzky. And I
0: believe they were looking at a poster of Pamela Anderson.
1: Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of the podcast. Uh, We are all over the place. If you want to get a hold of us, uh, you can find us. On our Instagram, Scott.
0: Sub for that. Find us on Twitter. Sub
1: the number for
0: that. And if you want to get a little personal. You can reach out on our Twitters. Slide into our DMs. Or just say hello. Acknowledge our presence. Recognize that we exist. Hello? Anybody? (laughs) Help me. At Scott Carolla. And WildMN293. And remember... No matter what you're into, whether it's pizza crimes, children falling over, backyard chickens, or untitled goose game. There's a sub for that!